0: Hello, folks. This is Nathan from Utility Muffin Labs. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcasts, Nerd Words, and 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. I wanted to take a couple of seconds to let you know about some of the ways we are trying to fund our podcasts. First, we have a GoFundMe so that we can replace our broken down old computer. Check it out at www.gofundme.com forward slash help dash keep dash the dash labs dash running. Or click the link on any of our recent podcasts on utilitymuffinlabs.com. Speaking of our website, you'll notice that we've added some Amazon and drive through RPG banners to our site. In addition, our newest VTM 25 posts will have links to purchase the books that we talk about. Using those banners and links to buy those books helps us tremendously give them a click and help us earn a little bit lastly we've recently set up a patreon page we've got a few rewards for our patrons so far and we plan to bring more as time goes on visit our website for the link or go directly to patreon.com forward slash 25 years of vampire the masquerade thank you for your continued support and let's get to the show Reminder from the American Medical Association. Games, games. Here's some games. Games that want to get out. Huh. See?
1: More games. Don't force so acid on your genitals.
0: What are your qualifications? Ah, well, I naturally are. I'm a graduate of Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague, and I had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier. Every single time this I This is see- the Nerd Words Podcast. You guys get a
1: comment?
0: Give me right by. On utilitymuffinlabs.com. It's Wonderful episode of the Nerd Words Podcast. My name is Nathan. And I'm Bob. And uh, we've come to you once again to talk about, you know, stuff. We're not really going to get too deep. Like, uh, last couple of episodes, we've been talking about like, the books we've been reviewing and like, how we've used them, how we've utilized them in our games. Uh, I don't. I don't really think it bears talking about in this one, but we are going to talk about vampire-related stuff because why not? That's what we do. That's, well,
1: hey, before we jump into that, right? I want to let some know. Uh, we had a I I. I want to state me as half a utility here, Muffin Labs. Um, I, I kind of pooed in D and D a little bit, Dungeons and Dragons. I've been like anti D and D, and but I've always stated I play D and D, that I'm in D and D, that I've I bought I have a shelf dedicated to Dungeons and Dragons, Forgotten Realms, and then Pathfinder. So mm-hmm. clearly, if I bought it, I endorsed it, I played it. I just I it's my personal belief that I do not get much from it because I have never encountered a story that drew me into it. That does not mean I don't like Lord of the Rings or any other fantasy setting right. that I've seen in a movie or I don't like the element or the genre. What it does mean is that I've had people who just kind of phone it in for me as a dungeon master, as it's called, and I even and even me personally, I don't even like the dungeon master title because it's like Master of Dungeons doesn't, I don't see how that relates. But right. I will state, that's an opinion from me myself. Right, I have had some fun with it, in particular, currently, I'm give, I'm, like, I believe in still giving anybody a chance right. as a storyteller. It doesn't matter who it is. Whatever game you're running, I want to give you a chance, and it's not even like I'm there to judge you. It's there to go, cool, maybe I'll like this supplement you're portraying. Right. I might like your story. Now, that said, there is a difference to me between a fantasy setting and a modern gothic punk setting, and I'm a modern gothic punk setting person nate i feel is the same
0: yeah i i am so i'll tell you like this for those of you listening when we have conversations about things that we like or things that we don't like that's just really how we talk one on one like you were in the room with us right and and i want to i want to say this we forget that you people aren't our friends <laughs> the 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 fact of the matter is like you're, you're fans you you listen you're people that are engaging the the product that we're sort of creating for you. But we talk to each other in in a way that we give to you. Right. And, and uh, you know, we have to remember that you guys only know us from here. You don't hang out with us. You don't shoot the shit with us. You don't chew the fat with us. And when we talk about things that we like or, or things that we don't like, it's important for us to remember that, you may like what we don't like. Right. And, and, and you people aren't, you know, you're you not our friends, you know, and, and...
1: I hate saying that. Right. I, I think it, you it, are friends because you're into what we're into, and we can say that, but we haven't met. Right. We haven't talked, and you don't know us we, on that personal level. We don't level. have an
0: established relationship where you can go, oh, that's just Nate and Bob, just... Being you know, Nate just, and Bob. Right, exactly. And so that, that's the biggest thing that we want to emphasize to you folks today, is that if you ever hear us like, marginalize something that you like and you take offense to it, definitely let us know, you know, if it's something we're not aware that we're doing, we'll go out of our way to try to change that to try to, you know, at least maybe take a more sensitive approach on it. You know, we are who we are. And we're going to continue to be that way. But we believe in growth.
1: And I'll tell you, I know the Forgotten Realms because I know who Drizzt Erden is. I know who um, Artemis Entreri is, his rival. I know that fight. I've read those books. Ari Salvatore is a, is a great author for that setting, and and maybe that's why he wrote books. Right. And I fell in love with the Forgotten Realm from the novels, mm-hmm. and when I got the content, got to read all the detail. That was great, but no one has put it in a way that that he could. Right. And whenever I ran it, I ran it like in the books. You know, there's always a hero, a daunting task, pressure everywhere, and the heroes have to rise to the challenge. And for me, as a story, t- as a it, it is a dungeon master. I have run this before. Right, or a game master. Game or, master, know. whatever you want to call yourself. I'm just going to say storyteller. I prefer that to be said. I'm telling a story. So whenever I storytell that Forgotten Realm setting, my players feel bombarded. They've always t- they've told me, you're a, terrible, you're a terrible dungeon master, Bob, because I feel that if an orc you encounter on the road has just got done in a raiding a town and he's taking his, his loot and going down below, I, I let the rogue follow him and find out that the orc is giving that loot to his tribe for them to survive. I, I tie that human element in, that it's great you wanna focus on alignment and they're the bad guy and kill him and that's that. To me, that's I, I feel personally that's lazy. You're doing yourself a disservice. It's easy to kill something, you dehumanize and you make nothing, and it doesn't matter for a set of XP and a set of loot. And Dungeons and & Dragons lets you do that, fine, but I can play a video game right. that does the same thing. Right. But I feel as that storyteller, when you're that rogue who finds the orc does it and leaves that loot there and sees what he does, I challenge your alignment. I challenge you to do something. And if you're a rogue, you're free to go, you know what? I'm just not going to tell the right. paladin about this. Because yeah. you got to hammer on that, he- yeah. that paladin. right? When that rogue gets back and reports, this is what the orcs were doing, man. Like we can judge them, we definitely got to stop them. We got to do something. That is, you know,
0: fucking disgusting. Anyways, but they could do
1: something like collapse the collapse the cave tunnel system, or put a ward or a barrier up that stops them from coming up that way, or someone who speaks orc like the ranger to go down and have that inevitable confrontation, where and leave it to the orcs to make the initiation, and then you are the heroes. Right, they jumped you on site. You had to kill them, but you know that they were just a like a primitive culture. They're like a pre... You don't know what the orcs would be if they were allowed to go, but you do know their method is to kill everybody else. right? And so that's why you must stop them. But I like that play because it's more of an encounter, it's worthwhile, and people get to be the role they picked. Right. And that, DD does let you do that. Right. But I feel like I've... Uh, personally, many, I'm like the only people, guy who does it.
0: Right. Many people that we've experienced with the game don't. Um, you know, and for me... I don't like fantasy settings, I don't, I'm not into fantasy at all. Uh, I I just don't enjoy it. But at the end of the day, I don't want anyone who listens to this podcast feel like they're less of a person because they enjoy that. And Part of the complaint was like a, we had like sort of a backhanded. I called a critique.
1: I don't think it was a complaint. Right. It was it was a head nod. I mean, I'm going to put that in a positive light. It was. Yeah, no, we it, said feedback. Yeah, yeah, he gave it. Yeah, absolutely. And he,
0: and props to him. Right. And and, and the, the feedback we were given was kind of like we gave like a backhanded apology. Honestly, truthfully, from the heart. Anybody that's into the sort of stuff that really anybody that's into anything. It's not our job to judge what you're into. You you are more than welcome to enjoy that stuff. And you're justified for enjoying it because it brings you pleasure, brings you happiness. And at the end of the day, we don't want to seem like we're trying to take away from you as a person because you enjoy that stuff. You're well within your right. Whatever moves you through your day is what you should do and you should be proud of it. And when we kind of bag on it, it's not meant to bag on you.
1: Or how I want to put it, if we give you that respect to like what you like and not like what you like, we demand the same thing. I'm just going to put it out there like that. Because we're adults, right? If I if I prefer a brand of water and you got another one, it doesn't mean we start a war. <laughs> right. It means right. you drink your right. water and move on. Right. You know, that's that's how it is. Right. But I appreciate it because no. it lets us know that there is a way. We don't have to be as as the way we've been. Right. We, so.
0: we don't have to talk shit about what you like to make ourselves feel better. And uh, we'll make sure that we don't do that. Um, and as I said, I, I I posted on our website, just kind of like an explanation of the situation. And, you know, I feel strongly that if a situation arises where you're like, these guys are assholes, they keep talking, you know, bad about this or, or, you know, I feel like, you know, I was crapped on because I enjoy something, bring it to our attention. The only way we're ever going to know we've, we've kind of like put our listeners or our fans or our friends in that position is if we're told, you know, and, uh, we really appreciate the person who brought it to our attention it's, and, uh, and, uh, yeah. So let's, uh, let's move and, on. And for the that.
1: record, Vin Diesel <laughs> likes D and D. Right. It's on places, a big Hollywood movie store. I mean, the closest right. we got is Anne Rice. And so also, I mean in N and you may win. Right. I and, and I
0: just want to, I want to emphasize very clearly. We're just guys who have full-time jobs who also have some microphones and we play very nerdy games where we pretend to be vampires. We're dead sexy. Um, so, yeah, don't, don't in, in any way, shape, or form feel like we're trying to give you the impression that somehow we're better than you. Because uh, that's not what we think. That's not at all what we think. Um, so, anyways, moving right along. All right.
1: So, I feel that, uh, you know, talking about the books we do, yeah? And a uh, little doll, maybe? Or maybe redundant feeling? Uh, but truth be told, the Book of Nod is what we just did. And I got to tell you, it just made me think about how do you play caveman vampires? I I wouldn't. I mean, think about it. Have you? We've never tried to run a city of Ur.
0: No, we, we did once. Uh, Didn't we? I don't know if it was you who ran it, but we definitely played a game.
1: Oh, I did. Oh, God. Yes, I do. But I stopped it for that very reason.
0: Yeah. I stopped it because it, it just wasn't. Because, like, in a game like that, it's, you have to, like, constantly be moving time forward. Constantly, constantly. Well, remember I didn't. Mm-hmm. I remember what I did was I gave a
1: day in the life of what it was like to serve at the foot of the ancients. I remember this right. now. But as I was portraying it, I thought it was good, and my players, you guys were just like, I can't move. I can't do anything wrong. It's over. And you guys were like fifth gen. Right. Right. A lot of you were like you were descendants of Watered descendants, down
0: fifth generation.
1: Right. punks. And one of you was a ghoul, but you were a ghoul who was allowed to bring the, the stone blood bowl mm-hmm. up into the hall of the of Eric Irad the strong and just putting it on the stand. And I remember describing the emotional like you weren't summoned. You felt they were hungry and you attended the temple with the font of blood right. and then you went back. You know, and the stones were weird, and the emotions of the city, and everybody was like, "This is fucked up." Like I noticed that my players were doing one thing and one thing only; they were listening to me tell the tale.
0: Yeah, because did it, not want
1: to interact with it. Right,
0: well, and and to your credit, you're the one who did all the legwork and the investigating, and and you know were able to portray this world. But like, it's really hard as a player to get yourself in the mindset of essentially a stone age vampire. Right. Like right,
1: because it, what you had to do was I remember describing it. I lectured a little bit, and I said flat out, "There's no Stone Age vampire. Let's shatter that myth." Right, which is what I was kind of tra- trappy into, but you didn't bite. So right. that's that's what it is. There's not. If you're a vampire, you're cut above. It's like you're raised above that nonsense, and we call it Stone Age in the real world. But who knows? Right. We're looking at, they're looking at bones and looking at what they made and getting an idea of Cro-Magnon made because we're going, why didn't they make all the cool shit we did? Mm -hmm. You know, who, who knows? But the point is they have an idea. Anthropologists can answer the question better, but that's my layman's off the couch opinion. Mm -hmm. So I said, maybe it was different. Maybe, you know, they, for the materials they had, they found to survive in the world they were in and didn't have the dreaming they didn't have the time to dream of skyscrapers and fucking lattes, okay? Right. They were worried about the saber tooth around the corner. Uh, why, is, why is my son still sick after eating the meal last night of whatever leftovers we just had sitting in a cave, not refrigerated? You know what I mean? There's, there's all those elements to it. And we don't want to deal with all that because we want to play vampire. Right. <laughs> so you just got to focus on the vampiric city and how the blood gets rid of all those ailments and what, how they would look like gods at that point. And that was the portrayal. But like I said, when you're playing at the feet of the, of the second gen, and everyone was, I just felt everybody was waiting on bated breath for a glimpse at Kane. And I said to myself as a storyteller, if I bring in Kane, it's over. Right. It's over. What if Kane isn't real? So I don't know my plan. I don't know what's in your head, Nate. Right. Even as a player, but the moment I bring in Kane is that Cain that I think would be, if he was in the flesh, be what you have in your head? What if I thought Cain was a female and has cleverly concocted this whatever? What if Cain's Lilith? Right. And that's, you know, this has all been a big thing to derail from who she really is because she's the mother of monsters. Right. And a lot of myth. And and to that end, I was like, I had to make that decision of, nah, don't jump the shark. (laughs) Because it was a better idea. The fact that I brought in the three second gens who were godlike? like you, you didn't even see them. right? You, nobody in the room could ever, I remember describing it, could ever look up to look Zilla in the face because her beauty was so great. It kept your eyes down in reverence. And she didn't open her mouth, it was gesture. You saw who served her. And I remember the one ghoul who spoke on their behalf was the voice of Enoch, and even when he spoke with his voice, it would reverberate on the stones. People were terrified to hear Enoch's voice. Mm-hmm. Yet, there we are. And so I was like, cool, I need to give control back to your characters. Let's play a modern Chronicle. You know what I mean? (laughs) Right. Let's go thousands of years into
0: the future and let's just do this. No, absolutely. uh, For me as a storyteller, I've never really, I don't think I've ever focused on that like historic stuff in the sense that I've never done like a, we need to globe trot to find pieces of the, the Chronicles of Cain or, you know, I've never done that. Um, Do I think I could make something enjoyable and entertaining? Eh, maybe, probably, but for how long? You know, anytime, like, I've done, like, a globe-trotting game, I feel like there isn't enough stability in the actual game to keep people interested. It becomes, like, a a game of of quest, like, hunt down the thing, survive the bad guy, get the thing. Got
1: to get my position right. So, um... (laughs) what I'm going to tell you very discreetly or maybe not so discreetly because it's going to be broadcast to the world. But uh, the point is, is that people don't give a shit about your lore, right? What you do as a storyteller, which a storyteller will become a lore Scott, a scholar of what he's doing. He has to so that the curves are portrayed correctly and the consequences accordingly. Right. And the cool stuff is planned. Um, the good stuff the players are going to do. But the point is when you're a player, it's escapism. That's really what you're doing. Your job as a storyteller when game starts, is to help them get out of their skin and into the character they made so that they escape the world for a time. And now we're in fantasy as in the definition, not as the genre. And when you're in fantasy, nobody wants to do a job. right? (laughs) Right. There's a few people who want to play a scholar and you can do that. Here's your, here's your sheets. Here's that, here's this. Then it's up to them to make it interesting in what they're doing. But everybody always take, almost always, I say everybody, I shouldn't, most players are going to tell that person, ah, you're the nerd. Or they go, well, you're the occult scholar Enjoy, man. That's cool. That's his play. Okay. So here's what I want to do. Mm. And they try to mute them. Right. And then, you know, it's usually a bad idea because there's a lot of good, whenever you have an occult scholar in a game, I feel that's the challenge. How do you stay social and bring up all the stuff you know without seeing like the know-it-all? Right. Do it in a cool way. And the answer isn't simple because every group has a, its own personality. And some people go to game just to play the brute who beats, beats up shit. Some come to be the sexiest thing walking and get the attention they didn't get. And some people um, literally become Bill the Butcher.
0: <laughs> you, know, they, they,
1: you know, he walked in your house, you know, Danny the nice guy, and then all of a sudden he's Bill the fucking Butcher. Right. Festooning entrails and silencing the room every time it's his turn. Those dynamic role players exist. That's, that's me. I'm one. You're one. Mm-hmm. And, but we understand that, uh, uh, horrifically so, that you can alienate yourself because people will then call you an elitist. Right. You're ruining my fun because you're so good at what you do. What I wanted to do was never showcased. Yeah. And we had to learn to, whatever
0: we do, Bring everyone else along. You do it, it. I think you'll find in a lot of uh, in a lot of gaming troops that you're going to have four or five people that, um, yeah, they have their ideas and they have their concepts, but they're not really the more active. Then you're going to have a couple of people who their whole idea is just like bulldog it, just run forward. And oftentimes, when you find yourself that bulldog, you're going to realize real quick that well, it's either your show or it's your gaming group show. And you have to include those people. So I feel like it's it, very true. It bear, you bear the responsibility when you're the bulldog, when you're the role player, when you're the you're gung-ho, gung-ho. Bring your group along with you. They're there for you as well. And especially in a friend setting, like you want them to continue to play. You want those people who may not be as... Uh, overt as you or they may not be as aggressive as you to come along for the ride
1: and let me tell you your true challenge as a storyteller the first storyteller had to convince a group of four or five whatever number he had that what he's trying to do is worthwhile spending your time in spending right. your dime in, to be entertaining it has to be so whatever he told you he or she told you to get you to sit down to trust in them that much i do mean trust you then had to learn how to act from them right you're taking your cues from them how to get in character do your role what you feel what you see and they're going to paint that picture but the storyteller's painting that picture for you for you to get used to being that to not being i'm bob Mm -hmm. you don't want bob you want fucking excuse me you want uh uh Craig and Vapmore, or whatever my name is, you know, whatever <laughs> I've created, you want that. And, you know, Vapmore has got to be sexy. He's got to be, he's got to be confident. He has to, has to woo hearts and crush enemies. And he, but he's, he doesn't have to literally do it and, unless that's the scene, but he has to at least portray it. Right. You know, so when he's approached right, it sounds right because the storyteller is trusting you to play that role because he's right. built the
0: plot around that guy being in it. Right. So I, uh, we, there was a question that we got asked by one of our listeners. Um, I don't know if he listens to this podcast, but hopefully well will after today. But uh, the question was, how do you deal with as a player or even as a storyteller, I suppose would, would be an adequate question. How do you deal with people that constantly go in and out of game, both in a tabletop and a LARP? They go in and out of character. Yeah, that's so I'll, I'll tell you this for my perspective on tabletop. I don't mind when my players go out of character because I feel like it's a different kind of setting. We're we're running a game, but at All the right, same so time... All right, so I understand
1: you correctly that they don't stay in character during game. They're sure, often out? Sure, sure.
0: I, I guess. I mean, the the question was basically as I presented it. Okay. So we, we have sort of freedom to extrapolate. And I feel like it, as a storyteller, if we're sitting down at a table in my living room and I'm like, hey, guys, here's the situation, blah, 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 blah and you're role-playing but then you as a player go hey you know I have a question what about a b and c to me it's easier to deal with that because we're in the process of 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 running a game I don't mind so much they're still role-playing though right there's they're still role-playing but they're they're not in character I don't want you as a player to go I'm I'm Vlad Tepes that's uh, that's being a dick
1: right right because if that player doesn't know how to portray that and they ask a question they're right, entitled
0: right absolutely so for me a tabletop game i'm open with your in and out of character because we're going to be doing a lot of conversing
1: with that version yeah uh, right
0: right I, I, i'm going to be i'm going to be going hey i need you to roll this dice hey uh hey bob uh what do you think of what would your character do in this situation you know so i'm more asking things out of character because it's it's a kind of a more multifaceted situation however when you're at a LARP, the key to a LARP is that you're, you're there and you're in character the entire game. You're typically not having out-of-character conversations unless, say for instance, I describe to you what I'm wearing or I describe uh, an effect of a But power. isn't
1: that kind apples of to, apples to apples, though? Because it's still, whether tabletop or live action, mm-hmm. they're still entitled to ask questions. Oh yeah, absolutely. To get that grip, and you're saying it's fine. A- absolutely. But I've, but you know the difference between... The out of character to me, right. that all is in character. Because right. if it's related to game, asking what we're doing now, related to here, what you're, we're doing, right, right. that's in game, right. even if you're not acting. right? Because you're trying to figure out how to cor- correctly act it, that's okay. Right. Time stop, game stop, whatever, explain, resume it's fine. That's gaming. Yeah. Out of character is when in the middle of a scene, someone decides it's time to get caught up on Candy Crush. (laughs) Right? Right? Or, you know, now it's time for me to make that phone call for whatever. I'm hungry. Hey guys, we're in the park and the prince is talking, but who wants to throw down on this pizza order? You know
0: when when you to me the difference between in character and out of character and what you're describing is the difference between adding to the game, going with the flow of the game or alternately disrupting the game. Correct. Correct. Being out of character to me means causing a disruption that hinders the flow of the game, stops it dead in its tracks. When I walk in from work, and I, you know, it's 9, 30, 10 o'clock, and I'm like, hey, what's up, everybody? And people are like, oh, hey, what's going on? Oh, that's a cool thing. you Blah, 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 blah. I've disrupted the game. I'm not even playing the game. I'm out of character like a mofo.
1: But entitled but, to your friends. Right.
0: But I've brought all of those people out of the game. Right. And that's my bad. But at the same time, how hard is it to be like, what's up? You don't play. Piss off. Like, (laughs) keep it moving. Whatever whatever. it is. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Right.
1: Um, Uh, But, dude, here's another, because kind of segue off that question, if that's mm -hmm. okay. Um, We have, um, because I don't want to nip that question in a bud, but I feel, unless you have more to it. But how do we deal with that? Oh, shit. I thought we already addressed that. Um, No, no, we we just addressed kind of like what it was. So how we deal with it is that if they're, like like we were saying, if it's in-game, encourage it. Because eventually that player will stop because he knows the answer or she knows the answer, and it will right. be a worthwhile player. As it said, as long as they have the potential to learn, they will be that caliber of player that they were meant to be and and, and be worthwhile to you telling a story to. And they will teach others. Right. you know teach one person, they will teach more, and that's just teach them right, and that's that's the thing. However, if you have that person that's constantly out of game talking about life and out of game Uh, talking about... Dude, I went to the bar the other night and I got blah, blah, blah. What I like to do, and and this is me very much, me those listening know this, I would literally stop and go, hey, dickhead, (laughs) who's this about right now? Is it about us playing or you talking about some bullshit in your life? Because no offense, you got here two hours early and we're just talking about the world of what you had going on in tabletop. Or we're at the park or wherever we're at for the setting for the LARP and you got here right when you got off work and you stood out and you ate your food and you were quiet and then you drank your red bull. And after you drank your red bull, the show was on and we said nothing. Right. We're your friend. You wanted to talk. We heard you therapy happened already, buddy. Right. And now everyone's here to have the fun from it. And yeah, I'm cruel about it because I'm quality (laughs) and that's how everybody should think when you're storytelling, when you're a player, I'm quality. Right. I came here because I'm good even if everyone will have their opinion about everybody else's role-playing style, but I roll with the confidence In fact that I am time-tested, delivered at being good because I invested the money, I invested the time, and I feel that nobody's complained that I'm bad. No storytellers approach me that I'm ruining the fun. So I'm immersed. Why are you being rude? Right. And to me, that person needs to be rude right Sorry. back. And when I find nine times out of ten, they'll usually be like, all right, Bob, I get it. Stop being a dick. I'll right. be like, okay, I apologize for being a dick, but you get my point. Yeah, no, seriously, man. Do you get my point? And normally you'll get a head on. Thank you. I appreciate it. And so, move on.
0: so that's definitely one way to approach it. Another way to approach it, if you're a storyteller, even if you're a player in a game. For me, when I encounter a player that's disruptive, usually I'll just do something as simple as hey man let's keep it in game because if you've broken down that wall and and people will do this shit we, we would see this stuff at, at gen con all the time people would role play their character and then immediately jump out of game to add personal commentary to whatever they said and that's annoying as fuck to me that's an like Give an it, example right, so so like let's say they're having a conversation and somebody asks them a question and and in character they're like Ah uh, Well, uh, I talked to the primogen and, and the primogen told me this. And then they'll immediately throw a hand over their heart or cross their fingers and go, yeah, but the primogen sucks and they're a loser and they're not very good at it. But, you know, it's whatever. And then jump back into character.
1: That's infuriating. Right,
0: right. It, it is. It's absolutely infuriating. But having dealt with those situations for so long, I've learned there's a couple of key things that I'll do. First and foremost, I'll give them the, hey, let's keep it in character. Because not only are you breaking the flow of the game, you're, you're breaking that immersion. You're incredibly rude. Right. But you're also, you're being rude. You're giving us out of game commentary we didn't ask for and don't need. And you're, you're going to confuse people who are standing over there who didn't see you cross your fingers. And they go, yeah, that guy just called our primogen a schmuck and said he sucks. So now let's go get the primogen and tell him. So I'll do that a couple of times. I'll say, hey, let's keep it in game. If that doesn't work and the issue persists, I'll then do what I like to call the corporate feedback. I'll go, hey, <laughs> uh, hey Steve. Steve doesn't exist. I just made him up. But, hey, Steve, can I talk to you real quick off to the side? And I'll give them feedback. And I'll say, you know, I understand you're here to have a good time, but every time you go out a game while we're role playing, you, you know, I'll do this. Not to shame them, because sometimes these people just don't understand that what they're doing is kind of kind of rude and shitty i don't believe that and that's fair but remember i'm dealing with this from like I ain't corporate uh, right right i, I, I was there with you're you not. i you know, know how not. i
1: operate because i want to preface this it depends on right. who i'm representing right. if i'm representing a game of utility muffin right. lambs, you will never see my first answer right because you can't
0: oh and and to be fair this is something that i've cultivated over a long period of time of starting from hey you fucking asshole could you stop breaking character i'm trying to role play here that's how I handled things for years. Because in that situation,
1: I, I guess I guess what we're driving to, mm-hmm. there is a corporate way to respond. I know you have good. Right. One. I wanna, I'm, I'm gonna let you finish. But Beyonce <laughs> right, got a fine booty, right? right. right. Okay. So, like the, the point is, is that that in character, out of character, is such a. It's not vague. We get what you're saying and how that's difficult to address, but it is clearly situational, right? Based on it's disruption. I think Nate already nailed it best. It depends if it relates to game. Does it add to? or take from and if it takes from there's some take from that's okay hey guys i'm thirsty too real quick does anybody else need something to drink i'm gonna we're we're at a larp i'm gonna go run and get drinks that's cool the the, people uh, need to have fun
0: that's part of it another thing that we we used to do that if you're storytelling a game might be something you want to try we used to go anything said a game while game is running in game is fair game Anything you say out of your mouth within the confines of our game where it's running, unless you go over the fuck there where that line is and you cross that line, you can have all the conversations you want. But if you say something from point A to point B when game starts, the game ends. Right It's here. fair game. We also used to do a thing too, and this is kind of a cruel mistress and can be abused. But we, we basically said anything that you say about this game If a player playing an Asfarato hears it, they can use it in game as if it's their own knowledge.
1: And that was, those are two great house rules that we developed that actually nipped that in the bud quite a bit. Yeah. Here's also the problem and made everybody super paranoid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But like they'd be out of game sitting at it. Like we used to, Denny's used to be the bomb place to hang out after game. And we would go to that establishment and sit there, have drinks, and moon's over, who's hammy? And uh, we'd sit there, and uh, that's the fucking slop, dude. Anyway, I'd I'd sit there, and I'd watch people try to get me in the most remote corner and start pushing and hurting tables away. Ignore what the restaurant manager, how he wanted the tables. Remember, they would sit far away, and they wouldn't talk, and they're practically in my lap to talk to me. And I'm, like, trying to eat. And it got so bad. Uh, my Melissa, my, my my basically my queen at the time was like, "Hey, like, bah, leave my man alone. He's trying to eat. He needs to eat. He needs to. Re- okay, please." Right. And they're like, "What? Like, just sit normal. It's cool. It's yeah. a
0: game." It made it made all of our non Nosferatu players the most paranoid people. All the out of game chatter about all the cool things that their characters did stopped dead set. But it also took all of our Nosferatu players and turned them into something that was a little creepy.
1: A Nosvratu clan,
0: right? Right. I mean, but, it helped but the, Nos were, right, be the but they Nos. were Nosvratu point A to point B. Right. We had people that were like, "Yeah, I was hanging out with Steve on Thursday, and Steve talked about this thing he did." Okay, I guess. Yeah, you're a Nosvratu player, so it's right.
1: But then right. we had not, we had people right. befriending people just to go hang out with them that never would or, normally right. Right. just so they could bring in game shit. And, right, and would come right. to game and, and say it, and we were like, "So, you,
0: you know, know, stuff like that. It's it, they're cool ideas, but they they have their limit. They they have their breaking point. If like anything else, if you give people an advantage, they're gonna use. They're gonna take full advantage of
1: it. Literally an inch, they right. take a mile. Right, absolutely. And uh, that's. I mean, that's that. I mean, that's, right. that's how it goes. But there's there's something else. The segue that I kind of got into. Yeah. Um, there's another type. There's the know it all player. There's the player that wants you to quote the dates, the time, who said it, the artwork, who did it.
0: I call these people, well, actually. Yes. Those are my, I'm sure I've talked about it on this podcast before.
1: We might, but I want to redress it because they are the easily the most, the largest drain on your gaming experience you will ever have. Yeah. Why, you might ask? There's those people who get hysterical in character and are just, I even appreciate the drama queens. Mm -hmm. you you should if you're gonna be playing vampire you want a drama queen you want you want several because they should try to compete to be the cat's meow that's kind of what vampires do right and let them come in and do that and whatever fashion that is and let them live and do it just know that when it's out of game tell her game's over tell him game's over we're cool right have a day resume and move on and then step out of that whatever thing they do but that know-it-all will sit there and go out of game actually he's totally wrong that's not what happened at all man we're acting here Right. This is a scene. See, our characters don't have all the lores in the world because we're not that type. So right. let's
0: move on. We haven't read all the books that have all the information.
1: That's okay. I made a character that does. Right, but she have not said anything in game. Right. Like you're not doing anything with right. it. Right. Actually, if I do, it's it's because. Um, and then you ha- then you're you're still out of game, and now you're debating with this right. guy, and you're like, man, what's the deal? how to deal with those people directly i've gone up to them and brought them to the side and said listen um my night's friday i have my whole team here everyone's having a good time please feel free to conduct yourself either after game try to start up another game go to another game on another night whatever you want to do right. i'll even be a player in your game but do me the courtesy of um, not doing what you're doing right. and they're like what, what do you think i'm doing man and be like, clearly you bought all the books and read all the books and you share a passion for what I do as well. You're a diamond in a rough as a player. That's fantastic. But based on reading all the knowledge, you know that there was caveats that said, play to what you build. Right. So there's stuff you shouldn't say. You don't think that the characters I portray... I don't walk around with every single NPC you ever encounter knows everything. In right. fact, that's boring. And it's unrealistic. So why do you do it? And every time, these guys... I, I get blown up at I have have yet to have one of those types be like, "Oh man, I guess you're right. My bad."
0: No, absolutely do not. People do not like to have their um, their shortcomings thrown in their face. And and, and 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 to that to that note, you have those types of people like the the know it all. I know every dark detail, and anytime I hear something that deviates even remotely, uh, I'm gonna say something snide out of game. But you also have the rules lawyer, and there 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 are two totally different. Classes, right. sometimes they meet in the middle. Yep. Oftentimes, one is the other. But when you have someone who is a rules lawyer, who, you know, if, if, if you make a call as a storyteller, you make a call as a narrator, and this person's like, no, that's not how this rule is. On page 86 of the book, I, you know, I read that. And it's like, really, what does that help? Like, <laughs> right. I, I understand what the rules are. I've also read them. I'm making a call, and now we're degrading down into. Right to minutia, and, right. and
1: here's the thing we've been there, but I, and I do feel this. Anytime I've ever brought up a rule call, it's because I feel that the person operating it is going at it. They're literally trying to reinvent the wheel. Right. There's a way that if you're the labeled the rules lawyer, there's a way you can communicate with staff to let them know you're on their side trying to help the flow game and help them. Right. And what you do is you tell them it's okay, like, hey, I have a question, but I kind of want everybody to hear. It. You know, make it seem like it's on you. Is the strategy I use and it's smooth as silk. Always right. works like, yeah, man, no problem. And you walk over, what is it? All right, man, in this book in my hand, I have my thumb on the page. I'm, gonna make, I'm standing here to make it look like a rule call you're giving me. But if you read it, what you're saying is going on and what, how that goes, you need to really relook at that because that player is going to be extremely mad that they died because you didn't know this rule. Right. So can you please rehearse it because I think it does them a fair shake. It does your organization a fair shake just to know and take that time right now for this moment. Can you go find out that ruling for me? And then I do it just because I'm that guy. But right. can you can you ask the storyteller real quick for me if that can? He's like, Oh yeah, no problem. Just one second. Hey guys, we're gonna do a time stop real quick. I have to get a rule clarification. It's really important to his character. Okay, is that cool? Nobody ever has a problem with that. And yeah, it does slow that scene down dramatically. But the fact is, I'm stepping in because I can see, you know, usually this is gonna gonna end badly. Right. You want to clip that drama. <laughs> You're all supposed to be friends, but nine times out of 10, it's just somebody who's going to get shitty and do exactly what they said earlier. Mm -mm. And you don't want to get involved in that too. And normally if I'm the storyteller, that person gets a warning and that's when I talk to them and they do it again, they're gone. Because after I, after we've had that talk and I've pulled you aside and I've told you what's going on and I get, and I understand which, where you're coming from. And sometimes it can be valid, but they went about it wrong, but you got to set that precedent. Right. And you know, that's that's a good communication for that point. Or maybe that car- that person's bored and they just need something to tell them, man. It sounds like to me you know it all and seen it all, so this is no entertainment value at all.
0: Uh, so what I've started doing just even in my personal life is when, like, if I start to tell a story and somebody interrupts me and they add something to it, you, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but you're like, oh, you know, I was at work the other day and I, had, I talked to this person and – You know, they had this problem and they were really aggressive. And then the person you're talking to is like, oh, and then this happened. (laughs) I'll literally be like, I don't know. It's your story now, I guess. Why don't you tell it? Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Like for me personally, if I were to sit down and I were to run a live action game, I understand you are a player. You've come here to have fun and you're technically a customer. But all things end. And I have no problem asking someone that's playing in the game to leave. If they're disruptive, if they're causing problems, if they're unwilling to, to bend, if they're unwilling to participate in a way that's conducive to a, a better game, I have no problem asking someone to leave.
1: And I guess in a way, what we're saying is, is that if you're taking your personal time invested into the gaming scene as a storyteller is pivotal, and it's necessary, and you're negotiator, you're the, you're the cooler, you're the plotter, planner, creator, designer, and you're also the architect, and your job is to also be fantasy maker, and that's daunting. Dude, if someone's gonna add to your headache, you literally become a problem in the middle of your mix, and it's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a problem with you, they're just disrupting everything else, and your players don't know how to address it because they, your players usually get that what you're trying to do is an immense task, and you're doing it well, and they wanna keep you flowing and keep it going, so they're gonna sometimes eat a scene, yeah, or eat an incident and not tell you because hey, you know what? That guy's just a dick. I hate that. Yeah. Because in my perception, what I do, I got I got my shtick down so well that what I do is what I love. Right. And so don't ever worry about what it does to me. I want to know those people because I never want someone to go around talking about how great their game is that they play and I don't ever say this is my game. It's our game. Right. You know, I play on, I play with Bob and these nights and it's great. He's a storyteller, but we all have a good time. I want that. And a lot of people want to be a part of that. And in order for me to keep wanting people to be a part of that, they have to know that I'm serious when I say, check your ego at the
0: door. Right. Another another uh, archetype, archetype, are we, are we saying that right? Archetype? No, <laughs> I say arch, but it's archetype. Yeah, archetype, archetypal. Uh, another type of gamer, <laughs> another, Another. I just did like a porky pig there, by the way, that was pretty great. But But another personality that I've always had a great amount of disdain for is the snarky commenter. So you're having a pivotal scene, something very dramatic and important is going on, and they make these little snarky comments on a game. Uh, There's a couple of people you could probably visually imagine in your head that are like that, that you have interacted with. Got a few. I I can't stand that. To me, if you're there to play the game, and you don't enjoy how we're portraying whatever we're portraying, when the game is over, you can come talk to me. (laughs) But what, what I don't appreciate is when you stand at a game and you talk shit while game is going on. Like, these are all things that, uh, and, and, and it's really terrible, too, because a lot of times these people are really good role players. But it's like, hey, man, you can criticize us. You can have a conversation. And I feel like as a storyteller, it's your job that when when you encounter these types of personalities, you should talk to these players one-on-one. You should take them aside and go, hey, you know, I noticed you had some comments. What was going on? What was your, what was your criticism? But then you, as a storyteller, you have to go, okay, I'm going to listen to what this person says, and I'm going to process it and go, is this an issue with me? This criticism that they had, if they had legitimate criticism, is it legitimate? Is it something that, okay, I need to address this? Or are they just an asshole? <laughs> that's a total possibility. And that's know your
1: audience. That's, right. that's know who you're dealing with. Right. And that's personal. But I got to say, all we're talking about is things that can derail it. And I want to add this in its total. The ideal you always want to operate your game at is that it's a troop. Right. And that troop is collective. You all share in telling the same story that you want to keep breathing and moving and staying interesting. Um, You don't want to let those things fester because there'll be a bigger and bigger problem as that person thinks their behavior is acceptable. What's worse, though is let's say you don't address them immediately, and I'm gonna tell you the one worst thing you can do as a storyteller ever. Say you're a good storyteller. Say you're great with story and everything else. But you kind of let that get to you. And you prop yourself up so high, no one can ever go. Like, I prop myself up there high on my confidence, right? But I still humble myself enough every time I read a background from a player who invested some great time to make it. Because they're actually giving me the fuel to stay strong and connecting it up they add to it they're right right there with me is what i'm saying so to know me is to know that that's how i truly feel my heart's in it but i hear so many other storytellers you'll go to them they're good and it's tragic but you'll hear them literally shit on players who made a bad call before game it's totally out of game it's straight up how they feel that's why games end and they're making fun of like we stopped going to games right honestly because of that and and that was recent it was like this this is heartbreaking like you're good, but we right. can't be here because we don't want to be a part of what you're doing.
0: Right. If, if if you think that your game is so great that it's above the efforts of your players, then you should just write a novel. It's
1: social bullying is what it is. You're literally trapping people, tricking them into coming to play a game when you don't want them to play, you want them to listen. Right.
0: Or or you, you want yeah, you want them to come and worship at the throne of you as a storyteller. That ain't what's happening. That's called therapy. Right. You run a game, and your game is for your players. And there are going to be things. Say, I say stay true to your story, but do that within the confines of of keeping your, your players. D- don't shit on your players. <laughs>
1: the, the, yeah, the social contract set, you story to them, players all are equal. Right. You right. just have different hats. Right. That's it. Right. So I say
0: that because um, I got eight minutes. You got eight minutes? Yeah. That's all right. We got 45 Okay, good. (laughs) What are you doing at 5 o'clock?
1: I got to jump in, write up stuff for you, write up stuff for that, and then get that going because I agreed
0: to. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. This was – I was baiting you. What are you doing at 5 o'clock?
1: Oh, sorry. At 5 o'clock, I got involved in a pretty great thing. We're running a a Game of Thrones-themed server using Ark as the medium, Mm -hmm. but it takes away all the dangerous dinosaurs, and we're using horses for mounts. They have a lot of cool mods that let players portray people from Game of Thrones. And we do it um, in a time period where players can still alter the story of what can happen in right. the future with all the politics of Game of Thrones, mature role-playing, adult right. content. And the site, um, if you're familiar with Steam, it's Songs of Westeros. You can find us on, uh, on Steam there. Um, and it'll connect you to the website, which is sowrp.com. Yep, And um, that's S-O-W-R-P.com. And you go right to the site. <laughs> it'll state everything I just said right here. And if you're interested... We'll find you there.
0: Yeah, If you follow us on Twitter, I linked to their site uh, yesterday, uh, Thursday, the 20th of April, 420. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, So I I linked to them yesterday. Check them out. A friend of ours is uh, running it, and Bob is involved, another friend of ours. uh,
1: You'll know it's it's me because it's Robert Batten. That's my name in the Discord, so you know it's me.
0: <laughs> so yeah, check it out if you're interested in online roleplay. If you're interested in Game of Thrones, if you play Arc, if you hate dinosaurs, um, they're gone. You know any of those things? At least the uh, majority. Yeah, because because like I, if this was Arc with the dinosaurs in it, I wouldn't at all participate.
1: But this might not be enough for you. Let me give you this insight: if you've been listening, following us on either 25 years or on this, you'll know one thing: if we're involved. It's real, and what I mean by real, we're not interested in the fact that it's arc. We're interested that we can immerse you in the world of Game of Thrones. Right, that's what it's about. Your character matters. So when you log in and give a history, we are abs- I'm. We're part of the storytelling team. We are absolutely working. I can't. I don't even want to tell you how many hours we've put in uh, for the scenes. But we want the right people. We've literally booted and got rid of a lot of the players who were there just to smash stuff. Because yeah. ARK already has servers for that. Yeah, We're not here for that. We're here for the role-playing experience. Right.
0: If you enjoy role-playing, if you enjoy serious <laughs> characterization, I would definitely check it out. Um, having said that, we are still working on a sort of elusive vampire game that takes place online that Bob and I will be storytelling in. Um, we don't have specific dates, but please keep it in mind. It is something that we're going to be offering. It is something we're going to be offering as a reward uh, for our patrons through Patreon. So please keep that in mind. If you're looking to do a kind of quote unquote live action role playing voice to voice, we're going to be setting this up. We're going to have more details later on. So definitely keep that in mind.
1: I can give you a preview definite. Um, If you're not familiar with the uh, discord software, that's what we're going to be using it on to build one half of it. And on there, you're going to be able to get, you know, clan feeds, um, position feeds people want to speak to and you can text as you want but then you're also going to be able to jump in a conversation with them based on where you're located right freedom to make a channel to chat in is what we want to go with and we're right now working out the kinks with how that works so far very positive mm-hmm. results but what i also want to tell you is that definitely for our patrons uh for what this is going to go and if you're interested in being a part of it and you hear this submit your email to utility muffin labs yep. at gmail.com at gmail.com And once you submit it, we will set you up for an interview with either me or Nate or both of us, depending on scheduling goes. (laughs) And I want to set this precedent. If you're the right type and the right fit, you're going to be in. We can't have everybody on because if we invite the world open, what we just talked about in this podcast was deliberate. Right. We want everyone to get along. We want everyone to enjoy it. And everyone's character matters. In order to do that, we literally have to set a standard off the bat. And we're doing it now on the ground stage to let you know how important it is. By the end of this month, um, I've dedicated myself to ensuring that the Discord's up and running. Mm-hmm. We got our admin team. We literally have an admin team. <laughs> so we're serious about it. And it's going to be there. But the idea behind it is worldwide, on your timetable, when you're able to tune in, you can accomplish stuff for your character. <laughs> that said, me and Nate are central. So what right. that means is you'll probably catch us later on and we'll post the times and we're going to be available on there for staff too. And if you don't want to be on unless we're on, you'll have that privilege. Right. But if you want to get on to social and talk, feel free.
0: Right. We're also uh, working out a uh, Discord server for Utility Muffin Labs um, for our patrons, for the people that we give the information to, to meet, meet up with us. So like any meetups that we have, we're going to do on Discord, um, questions, answers, B.S., you know nonsense fun information so we're gonna the drama channel we're gonna be, for we're gonna be giving out us. yeah we're gonna be giving out some information in the coming weeks about all that stuff so definitely stay tuned if it's something you're interested in if it's something that you have um advice for if it's something that you have ideas and you say hey this would be cool why don't you guys try this yeah, you know how to get a hold of us. There's so many ways to get a hold of us. Yes. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, the website, uh, email, utilitymuffinlabs.com, uh, all that stuff. So definitely- and if you guys
1: see a tweet from Thug CTC on Twitter, that is actually one of our marketing guys who literally is in marketing business. That's what he does. And you hear from him. He works on our behalf as well. And Thug, you do a phenomenal job. And Mr. Jeff Meisinger mm-hmm. is, of course, that uh, creative man fantastic mind great energy and we, we appreciate them here at Utility Muffin Labs
0: so cool we're gonna cut it here listen to our other podcast 25 years of Vampire the Masquerade my name is Nathan and I'm Bob and we will talk to you next week I was born to see two thousand years <laughs> of the <laughs> <Extinction> <laughs> seems to be a I <laughs> <laughs>